Oh, good morning, everybody. How's it going this morning? My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here, and I get to uh, share with you from the Word this morning. And I am very uh, excited as well as overwhelmed. Um, anybody else overwhelmed in the room this morning? You can raise your hand if you like or not. I'm not overwhelmed um, because I'm sharing. Um, I'm overwhelmed maybe because what's on my mind. And I don't know if you've come in here uh, this morning with things on your mind. Uh, I'm pretty honest and uh, real and open about my life and my feelings and my emotions. And those of you that know me are like, yeah, no kidding. Um, but uh, just as, you know, as, as we've been going through this series on Psalms, uh, Songs of the Summer, and looking into different Psalms, um, for me, it was obvious which psalm I was going to pick, but I was trying to pick another one because it's, you know, when, when you do series on the psalms, there's the ones that jump out at you like, okay, we're going to do those, but everybody does those. Uh, so let's find something different. And God just wouldn't let me get away uh, from, this, uh, from this one psalm. And I think I already uh, misspelt it on the first slide. I don't know if it's up or miss, uh, it's not the right slide right there that I'm looking at, but uh, it's Psalm 139. Not Psalm 109, I, I made a typo. And, uh, and for me, as I was preparing, even for the last couple of weeks, and, and looking, hey God, what do you want to say, what do you want to do? Um, things, circumstances, um, stuff happening in our lives as a family, as individuals that, uh, just completely overwhelming. You know, not, nothing major. I don't need everybody coming up after the service to say what's going on. But, like, life happens sometimes, right? Are you here in the room this morning and life's been happened to you over, over the last couple weeks? Um, maybe, maybe some bad news. Uh, maybe some, some disappointment. Maybe decisions to make. Uh, maybe some stress, some worry. And it just can become overwhelming at times. Am I, am I the only one, right? Are you, are you with me? It can just become overwhelming at times. And so coming into this week, it was just like, God, there's just so much. Like I, I, I told my wife last night, I'm like, I feel completely unqualified to even tackle this passage this morning. But sometimes that's when God does uh, the greatest things in your own life and heart with what you're trying to, to share to a congregation or a family this morning um, I'm with this message, right? And so it, that's what I would say to you. What's on your mind this morning? What's, uh, you know, for me, what's keeping me up at night? Um, yes, I'm a pastor. Yes, I've been in ministry for, for 20 plus years. Um, but I still get kept up at night. I still worry. I still fear. I still sometimes have, have troubles trusting God with the details of my life and the circumstances to work out those details, right? We all have those, do we not? If we're honest with ourselves this morning. So I just want to take a few moments and I want to allow God to do what he wants to do in our family here this morning. And I'm just, all morning I've been just anticipating this just amazing uh, gathering and moment that we're going to have with our Heavenly Father this morning. And so if you would journey with me for a few minutes and allow me to unpack some of this and my thoughts that God's laid on my heart. Um, I believe as you open your hearts and you open your minds, then God's going to do some great things in your hearts and minds this morning. He's going to bring peace that passes all, under, all understanding. And that overwhelmness that you feel with your situation that you're in right now is going to be overwhelmed with the peace of God. And I think we could leave here, and I think for many of you, you're going to have the best night's sleep that you've had in weeks tonight. 
um, because we're going we're gonna to allow the creator of heaven and earth to come and overwhelm us with his presence. Amen? Um, so yeah, no matter what's on your mind or what you're facing, I, I want you to just, let's, let's start this morning. If you would be so kind, just to close your eyes. And imagine David writing this psalm. And I just want to read this um, over you. And this has been my... This has been my prayer. This has kind of been my, my conversation with God. And sometimes you need to say things out loud um, to God to kind of understand what's even going on in your own mind. You need to ask questions. You need to say, say exactly who God is and what he's doing. I think that's what David's doing here. You know, he's declaring it, but he's saying it out loud because it's becoming reality um, even in his own heart and mind. But just listen to these words as you close your eyes this morning uh, from Psalm 139. And it says, O Lord... I've said that many times this week. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart and you know everything about me. You know when I sit and you know when I stand. You know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel and when I rest at home and you know everything that I do. You know when I'm going to stay You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. You go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell by the farthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night, but even in darkness I cannot hide from you. To you the night shines as bright as the day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your worksmanship is marvelous, how well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb. You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book, every moment Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, O God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Amen? What a powerful, powerful psalm. Um, It happens to be my wife's favorite psalm. That's not why I'm preaching it but it does happen to be her favorite. And um, there's just something about the Psalms. And if you can hear it in David's voice here, I mean, he's just, he's having this conversation, right? But he's, he's almost like, how precious are your thoughts about me, oh God, they can't be numbered. It's like he's convincing himself, but he has to say it out loud to convince himself, to remind himself. Um, many of you know that I'm on staff here bivocationally, but I, I work full-time for uh, Billy Graham uh, Canada, the Billy Graham Association of Canada. 
and, uh, and I get to travel the nation and, and share the good news of the gospel. But um, working for such an amazing organization and a legacy uh, that, that Billy Graham uh, has and had, um, we're reminded all the time that Dr. Graham would spend every day outside of his normal um, scripture reading, he would every day read five psalms and one proverbs. And he said he would read those five psalms because those psalms reminded him how to get along with God. And he would read a proverb because he said that would remind him how to get along with man. Um, but I, lo- I love the psalms piece, especially in this one, because it, it reminds ourselves how to get along with God. We, we can be overwhelmed and come into this, but when we say it out loud and we read this, it's like, God, you saw me before I was born. Everything that I'm overwhelmed with right now, everything that I'm going through, everything that I'm facing is no surprise to you. How precious are your thoughts about me, God? They can't even be numbered. What are you an expert on? I know many people in the room think they're experts on a lot of things, right? But... What are you an expert on? What do you consider yourself very well educated on? Working with children. It was more of a rhetorical question, but hey. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Let's shout them out. Let's go. But there's, there's things that we're very knowledgeable about, right? And we think, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of an expert on this. I maybe have a degree. Maybe I've been working in the industry uh, for so many. Maybe I'm, you know, like there's things that we're really good at. The knowledge of God is far outweighs what you're an expert on or what you think. Maybe let's put it this way, what you think you're an expert on, what I think I'm an expert on. You think about the population of the world, and uh, there's over 7 billion, 7.5 billion, seven, around there, right? Seven, over 7 billion people on the planet. God knows intimate details about every single person, about everyone's life. You think what you feel you're an expert on, hey, I have a lot of knowledge on this, and then think about 7.5 billion people and think about the vast knowledge of the creator that he knows every intimate detail of every single individual on the planet. Maybe, maybe he's an expert, just a little bit on the details of our lives, do you think? 7.5 billion. I mean, I've got a small family outside of just even my extent, and I don't know the intimate details of all my family members. 7.5 billion people, and he knows every thought before you even had it. He knows everything that you're facing right now before you even faced it. He knows everything that you're walking through and experiencing and the emotions that come with that before you even experienced it. If you bump into me on the street, um, our interaction might tell me or tell you uh, how, we, how well we might know each other. Have you ever bumped into somebody that you kind of know or someone from church, right? So if you bump into me on the street and you greet me with, hi, Pastor Chris, we shake hands. It probably means we have some form of relationship at church and we know each other. Right, because I'm a pastor here, but we're shaking hands. So that means maybe 
our relationship or maybe uh, our interaction are, are, tells me that our friendship is not that intimate, right? Because you're calling me by, what, my title at church and we're shaking hands and exchanging pleasantries. Um, but maybe someone else might, might, might meet me on the street. We bump in and say, hey, Chris, and we give each other kind of that, right, that half bro hug thing, right, the handshake and the... So that tells me we go a little bit deeper because you're not referring to me as pastor and my title of what I do here, but there's a deeper relationship. Or if I bump into you and, and you, you say, hey, Kinger, and that's what my friends who have an intimate knowledge of my life, right? It's not just Chris. My last name is King, so those who I know well will refer to me as that. And we embrace each other and we hug awkwardly for a long time because that's what I like to do. I like to hug you to uncomfortableness. It's a spiritual gift of mine. <laughs> if we do that, if you yell kinger and we hug and we embrace, then there's a different level of relationship that we have. There's a different level of even knowledge we may have about each other's lives. Are you understanding? The Hebrew uh, word for known here in this passage means to be aware. To be aware all-knowing, all-powerful God. He knows you. You are known by him, and he is aware of you. He's not a handshake passing on the street. It's an intimate embrace of awkwardness until uncomfortableness. He knows every detail about your life, and God pursues you with all of that knowledge and power. Think about that for a second. All the knowledge knowing every intimate detail about 7.5 billion people on the planet, all of that knowledge, and the creator of heaven and earth is pursuing you actively with all of that knowledge and power. Every person on the planet has God's undivided attention. That's overwhelming to me. And when I read this passage and I remind myself of that, and as I was doing that even this morning in the, in the quietness of this building with nobody here, and God was just saying, what are you worried about? What are you overwhelmed about? What are you concerned about? I know every intimate detail of your life, and it's not a surprise to me. Do you trust me with those details? I had to go back and read it over. You watched me as I was being formed. You saw me. Everything, every day of my life was recorded. How precious are your thoughts? And I just kept repeating that over, and something began to happen in my heart and my spirit and my mind, and I began to, be, began to become overwhelmed with the presence of God. He knows us and wants, to, and wants us to know him. Psalm 139, 1-4, the beginning of that passage, we read, Oh, Lord, you've examined my heart, and you know everything about me. You know when I sit down, you know when I stand up, you know my thoughts even when I'm far away. You see me when I travel, when I rest at home, you know everything I do. You know what I'm going to say even before I say it. Parents kind of have that knowledge a little bit, right, with your children. I find myself sometimes saying, don't, don't even, don't say the words that are about to come out of your mouth. God's the Father. He knows everything we're going to say before we're even going to say it. And that's the first thing that I want us just to look at this morning briefly is that is God knows the real you, the omniscient God, the all-knowing God. God knows the real you. That's scary if you think about it. 
God doesn't know the Chris that stands on stage here and preaches to a congregation. God knows the Chris that's at home that sometimes loses his patience and is unkind and is frustrated and has doubts and fears and worries. God knows that, Chris. God knows the intimate details of our lives. He knows the real you. The Hebrew word here for, if you read that, uh, that first uh, verse there, oh Lord, you've examined or you've searched my heart. That word searched in the Hebrew uh, literally translates to, to dig. So see, you didn't think that the Bible was like relevant and hip, but God digs you. You search me, God. You dig to dig to find to go to. He examines those deep. So it's literally saying, "Oh Lord, you dig me. You're searching those intimate parts of me, and you know everything about me." Um, I want to just I want to do an exercise here for a moment, and I want everybody to stand. We're going to start over here, and I want you to tell us the the most intimate details of your life, um, <laughs> from left to right. You're right, my, and we're going to start here. That, w- that would be an interesting morning, would it not? Could you imagine? I mean, we try to be real, right? We try to live our lives as representatives of Christ, but could you imagine? <sighs> Almost embarrassment is the word that comes to my mind, that if you could see the intimate details of my life, if they were displayed on the screen right now, and you could see all my faults and failures and fears and shortcomings... I would want to crawl in the deepest, darkest hole, would you not? And David says, no matter where I go, you're there. Your presence is there. God knows the real you. Think about that for a second. God knows the real you and still loves you. We could end right there. Like, I, thank you, God. That you know those details of my life, but yet you still love me and are pursuing me with all of your knowledge and power. Psalm 139, 7 to 8, that little passage there says, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to the heaven, you're there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. Second thing I want us to look at this morning, God number one is all-knowing. God, number two, is omnipresent. He's always present. God is closer than you think. God is present in our lives no matter where we go. And that was very evident to me this morning. And all week it was like, oh, God, I feel like you're so far away right now that you don't even care of these details that we're, that we're working through as a family. These things that are on our mind and are consuming us, these, these hurdles, these struggles, these problems, the circumstances that are in front of us that seem like a mountain that we can't climb. Anybody else? Am I speaking to you this morning? Like, my, my, my month has been like that. Amanda and I and our family, we've been looking, and it's like, God, I just, I don't even feel you're here right now. Now, I know the difference of that, right? You know the difference. But sometimes saying that out loud, it's like, God, where are you? I feel David's crying, right? And he realizes, you're right there. I can go to the heavens, you're there. I can go to the depths, you are there. I can't escape your presence. How many times have we asked ourselves, God, where are you in all of this? Where are you? Psalm's not really saying that I want to run from you, right? 
We, we can read that sometimes as, I, I can't escape your presence. Would you just leave me alone? I'm trying to get away from... It's not saying that. The psalmist say, not saying I want to run from your presence, but it's rather saying, wherever I go, your presence is chasing me. Or it's already there. Why? Because God is omnipresent. He is everywhere. You can't go anywhere to escape his presence. And the psalm is not crying, like, I'm trying to escape, I'm trying to run. It's saying, no, wherever I go, your presence is chasing me, God. It's overwhelming. Your presence is there in my problems, in my success, in my failures, in my joys, in my sadness. Your presence is there. I do quite a bit of traveling uh, for work, and currently I'm working, and some of you may know this because you follow social media, but I'm currently doing a project uh, in Nunavut, uh, in, the, in, in the actual middle of Canada. Uh, Baker Lake, Canada is the center. It's the geographical center of Canada. The population is about 2,000 people, and I fly up there pretty much every month, and it is the most remote area I've ever been to in my life. It is literally the middle of nowhere. And there's not a whole lot up there. You feel like you can run away and escape, right? Like I'm in the middle of Canada. I'm in the center of our great nation. And um, a couple months when I was up there, I, I took a rip around town for a little bit and out on the land on a snowmobile. And I took about four hours and I just, exp and I had some pictures. I couldn't get them loaded today, but I'm like, I sat on a snowmobile and I couldn't see anything but snow there's no trees, there's no mountains, it's just flat, barren snow. I was so far out of town, on, and I looked around, I was like, God, where can I go from your presence? That was perfectly timed. <laughs> where can I go? I'm in the middle of nowhere, it's so far, it's so quiet, and then I thought, God, you're everywhere. And we're experiencing great ministry and things up there, and, and we're, you know, I'm pastoring people in a community that's uh, seeing devastation every day. The suicide rate amongst teenagers is huge, and it's like, it's like a regular occurrence. Some of these people have never left this community. So you think, you're in Calgary, you've got a big city, you can go anywhere, you can, you know, you can hop in your car, you can drive. There's no roads to this community. The only way you can get in is to fly. You can't go anywhere. There's no roads in and out. And so some people, this is their only, I mean, some, for 50, 60, 70 years, they have never left this spot in Canada. We have a reference point. Many of you travel, many of you go, you can see the vastness, right, and of, of, of the globe. You know, I've been to many places and I've seen it, but I'm, I look and when I go up there, I see the world through different lenses. And like the concept of God, you're everywhere, uh, for them is completely different. But it's also like, God, are you even here? Because it's like this small group of people that are experiencing such hardships, crying out to God, do you even know that we exist? Here's a small little community of 2,000 people with nobody for miles and miles and miles and miles and miles. And they have no reference point of anything. And there's abuse and there's uh, alcoholism and there's drugs and there's violence and there's suicide and there's, and that's all they know. And so they sit, and I can see the God, where are you? Do you even know what we're going through? And as I, as I travel up there, and I sit, and I see that, and I'm like, 
God, you're present right here. And you're doing something fantastic right here. Last month we went up there and, and did a kids program for the first time ever in the community. And uh, there's about 400 kids between the ages of 5 and 11. And we had about 80% of the community come out for the event. And out of those 80%, we've seen about, I would say, 90% of them accept Jesus. That's like 200 kids. God's saying, you can't escape my presence. I'm everywhere. I'm right here where you need me. I'm in a big city. I'm in a small town. I'm in isolation. You can't go anywhere from my presence. And then if we look in Psalm uh, at verse 13 and 16, it says this, you made all the delicate inner parts of my body, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. I don't know if that's like sarcasm or... It's like kind of what I would say like to God about my wife. Thank you for making her so wonderfully complex. It's all in the tone or who you're talking to, right? Like, was David really thanking him or was he like, thank you. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As, a, as I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born and every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Not only is God all-knowing and omnipresent everywhere, but God has always been at work in your life. He's the omnipotent God. He's all-powerful God. We may feel sometimes, God, what can you do with this brokenness? God, what can you do with me? What can you do in this situation? I just, I just feel that there's so many of us in the room this morning that that's where we're at. We're at that. God, what can you do with this? What's life going to be like? We need to deal with this, God, but there's, this seems impossible. God, it's like the midnight hour. You know, we need you to come through here in the next couple days. Hey, God, this situation, like unless you intervene, right? Like fill in the blanks. I don't know all your stories, but I just feel and sense in my heart as I was preparing. But even more so this morning as God woke me up very early and I didn't sleep well last night because these thoughts kept rolling through my head of there are so many people at this point with God, what can you do with this? God, how can we even survive this? God, I don't even have the strength. And you need to know and hear the words from Psalm 139 this morning that God has always been at work in your life. He saw before you were born, every day of your life was recorded. Every moment was laid out before a single day had even passed. So this is no shock to God. So do you trust him with the intimate details of your life this morning? Do we really believe that he is all-knowing? Yeah, well, that's kind of an easy one, right? Yeah, God, you know everything. Okay, he's everywhere. He's, um, he's um, okay, we get it. But omnipotent God, all-powerful, do we grasp? Can you even wrap your head around that he is all-powerful God that can do anything with any situation that you're facing and going through? God, what can you do with me, though? What can you... You know what he can do? Because you know why? It's because he sees you as, as perfect, like any father sees his child. I don't think there's a parent in the room that would argue that, right? You see your child as perfect no matter what they do, no matter what they're going through. Yeah, there's heartaches and there's dis- but you still see them as perfect. Do you not? 
you still look at your children and say, that's my child, they're the best at everything they do. No? It's, that's like in, it's in us, right? Like I, I'm coaching Little League right now with our middle son. And, uh, and, and we're playing all-stars, and we're doing really well, but like every parent we deal with thinks that their kid is the best pitcher, and they should pitch every game, right? Why is my son batting eighth on the bat lineup and not first? Like, all of these conversations, why? Because every parent thinks their kid is the best at everything that they do. They see them as perfect. Am I, am I right? We have, <laughs> I've got some heads over here going, nope, <laughs> not my kid, <laughs> But deep down, right, we want the best for our kids. We see them. It's like you can do it. It's that God sees us as perfect like any father sees their child. And he can take your life, your situation, your circumstance, and he can turn it into something good. Every single part of it. Why? Because he's all-powerful God. He could take your life, your situation, your circumstance, the mountain that you're standing in front of and saying, What? And he could turn it into good, every single part of it. Many of you uh, would not know the name Betty Henson. Some of you might, but many of you won't. Betty Henson is just a normal stay-at-home mom. Lived in the Midwest, uh, USA. Husband worked for the Department of Agriculture. Very nondescript household. And they had a young boy. And uh, Betty used to, on many occasions, pack up old clothes like many of you probably do and things they're not using and, and, and pack it up, take it to the Salvation Army, take it to the thrift store, say, hey, this is no longer, we're not using it or it's no good to me or whatever, whatever your reason for getting rid of stuff because your wife buys too many jackets and you, no, I'm just kidding. You need to, that's just a So on many occasions, Betty would pack things up and they would head to the local Salvation Army uh, to drop it off. But one day, uh, as they were going, she had an old green shabby coat. It was a full length winter coat, but it was out of style and she never wore so it was going to the Salvation Army. And her son on the way in the car begged, begged his mom to, can I, can I have this? Can I have Like any good parent would do, said what? No. We're donating this. It's an old coat. It's out of style. We don't need it, but somebody might need it. Somebody might want it. She said no. And he was relentless, and so like every good parent, she what? She gave in. (laughs) She said, okay, you can have the coat. We'll keep the coat. I don't want uh, to. Just my household, maybe it's like, please, Dad, please, Dad, please. Okay, just stop talking. Do whatever you want. (laughs) You can have it. And so you can have the coat. Take the coat. Take the coat. Just please stop talking. She didn't really say that. I ad-libbed right there. They got home. He rushed home, grabbed the coat, and disappeared in the basement for hours. And after several hours, returned upstairs with something that he created. A puppet. A puppet that we know well today as Kermit the Frog. Betty's son was Jim Henson. From that time on, every time... His mom would pack up boxes to take to the Salvation Army to purge clothes from their home. She would ask Jim first what he wanted from the box. And he would take stuff from the box and he would run down to the basement and he would come up with a new character, which eventually became what we know today as the Muppets. Jim Henson also created many characters that were fond of Sesame Street. And for all you Star Wars fans out there, 
was the creator of Yoda. All started because his mom wanted to discard an old, out-of-style jacket that was no longer functional for them, that he saw treasure and gold in and created something that we're all so fond of. For those of you who are old enough, he also was the creator of Fraggle Rock. Down in Fraggle Rock. Worry for now. No? Just me? Anybody? Come on. Fraggle Rock. Took something that would be discarded, ugly, out of date, out of style, and created something beautiful. If a little boy with a vivid imagination can create such lovable characters out of old clothing, what could the creator of the earth do with our lives submitted to him? Because you see, God knows you. He's all-knowing. He's aware. He's closer than you think because he's omnipresent and he has always been at work in your life. Why? Because he's all-powerful, omnipotent God. When we put our life in the hands, when we put our life in his hands and he puts his peace in our hearts, I don't know, maybe, maybe the doctor has given you a report this week or a family member and you're just, you're reeling from the reality. Maybe, maybe your financial situation right now is a stressor. That's not what you want it to be and you're saying, God, I just don't know. Maybe, maybe you have a rebellious teenager and you're at the end of your rope. Maybe there's addiction in your family and you're crying out to God and you're saying, I don't have what it takes When we put our life in his hands and he puts his peace in our hearts, the power of God is available to us today. His undivided attention and affection is available to you. When you put your life in his hands, he will do nothing but love you. And every single resource available to him is yours. Because we're his children and he's our father, right? And more than anything... More than anything this morning, we need to believe who God says that we are. He's our father and we're his child. And every available resource that he has is available to you. So no matter what you're facing this morning, know that he is all-knowing, always present, all-powerful, taking care of the details of your life so you don't have to. So place your life, a submitted life in his hands, and allow his peace that passes all understanding. This doesn't make sense. God, I don't, even, I don't even know how you could just allow that peace to rule and reign in your hearts. I'm going to ask you to stand with us as we close this morning. The band's going to lead us into this one song. I'll come back in just a second. But I want you all just to take a posture this morning. Maybe... Maybe just go ahead and close your eyes. And if you're comfortable, maybe just go ahead and put your hands out like this as an act of surrender and saying, God, everything that I'm carrying, everything that I'm burdened with, everything that I'm overwhelmed with, everything that I'm struggling with, I don't even want it anymore. I want to give it to you. And this morning, allow that peace to come to rule and reign 
in our hearts and in our minds as we sing this song. Let the band just sing it over you. Let the band just sing it over you. I think many times when we, when we sing about freedom, we think of you know, addiction and sin and things that we need to rid of. And that's one thing, but what about our mindsets? What about our worry and our fear of not casting that into God's hands and saying, God, you got it. My Father's house, there's a place for me. The end of Psalm 139 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path everlasting. I have anxious thoughts. Do you have anxious thoughts? I think that keeps me from the fullness of what God wants uh, for me in my life. And so this morning, we usually take some time and, and we, we invite our, our prayer team up. And, and, and there might be some of you that, that need prayer. I'm available. Our prayer team is available to pray one-on-one. But I just really felt God this morning say, hey, you know what? We, we just need some family prayer. And this, the bridge of this song says, I'm chosen. Such powerful words. Not forsaken. I am who you say I am. What's that? A child of God. That means every available resource that the Father has is available to you for your situation and circumstance. You're for me, not against me. Many of you need to leave here this morning knowing that God is for you, not against you. He's not far. He's the all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God that knows every intimate detail of your life and is pursuing you passionately and affectionately with all of that power and knowledge. So as the worship team leads us just in that song, just a little bit, I'm gonna invite you, if that's you, maybe it's just me and I'm glad to stand here by myself this morning. But as a family, can we just come and can we just come forward to the altar? Can we just come forward to the front here? And can we just say, God, I need to be reminded of this. I need to take a hold of this. I needed this message this morning. I need to know that you are for me, not against me in every situation and circumstance in my life. And that you are closer than I think. You are always active in my life. And you are all knowing in every detail that I'm struggling with right now. Can we do that this morning as a family? Can we come as the band leads? And can we spend some time here just praying and giving that to God and saying, God, change my mindset this morning. Change my circumstance so I can approach this a little differently. And put in my heart deep, I am a child. You are my father. And everything, listen to this, everything is going to be okay. Amen? Let's pray together. Worship team, would you lead us? So God, we take a hold of that psalm this morning. God, deep in our hearts and in our minds, we take a hold of you, the all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God who cares about the intimate details of our lives. You are for us, not against us, because we are your children and you are our Father. 
So God, we pray for every single person in this place that we could leave here this morning overwhelmed by your presence, overwhelmed by your peace. Let it rule and reign in our hearts and our minds. God, let us not forget that you are a father. We are your children. And every detail, every single detail is already handled by the almighty God, by the creator of heaven and earth. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. Have a fantastic week. If you do need prayer, we do have some prayer uh, team members up here. If you want to come, we'll stick around for a little while. Uh, God bless you. Have a fantastic week.